golfers, and welcome to Finding Fairways, Up North Sports Radio's locally hosted golf show here, brought to us by carlsgolfland.com. My guest this morning is Michael Block, who who made the biggest splash that I can possibly remember at a PGA tournament. Uh, Mike, the whole golf universe was revolving around you for a few days. What did that feel like? Yeah, you know... um... Well, I mean, Jerry, thanks for having me on. And, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, no, it's been a whirlwind to say the least. And my life was literally flipped upside down in just a couple of days, uh, after a couple of rounds of golf at uh, Oak Hill. Yeah. The, um, the amount, did you, did, I know you played golf at a high level for a long, long time, but how, how much more pressure did you feel? I mean, that the last round with Rory, was such an up and down round about where you might place and get back into the PGA or did you just, were you able to block most of that out? Yeah. You know what? I felt like I was going to, uh, going into a test in college and I'd studied really well for it. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been in a lot of tournaments my entire life where I went into the tournaments very nervous, uh, because I thought I was going to get my butt kicked and I normally did. Uh, I felt very good about my game. I love the golf course. I love Oak Hill. I love the speed that the fairways were rolling out. Um, I didn't mind the rough around the greens, um, and I, I was really seeing the reeds on the putts very well. Uh, the greens were absolutely beautiful, and uh, I, my putter was my putter was on fire that week. So uh, I felt very good about it, and so I actually wasn't that nervous. I was actually more excited than anything. Now, how many PGAs have you played in, Mike? I know it's quite a bit because your uh, your California PGA resume is pretty stellar. Yeah, that's my fifth PGA Championship, uh, and then I have two U.S. Opens under the belt too. So that's seven majors at this point. Yeah, very, very, very strong. Can uh, how old are you now, Mike? Uh, Forty-seven years old. Okay, you still pretty get it around pretty good. The uh, just referencing what I saw on Facebook, you just tied the course record at Valhalla. You and what share that now with uh, Jose Maria? Is that right? Correct. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was just out there having a great time. Um, I, I just met Jimmy, who's uh, the majority owner out there at Valhalla. And I was also playing with his son, who uh, plays uh, college golf for Kentucky, and another buddy of mine. And we all had caddies, and we're out there having a great time. And all of a sudden, I make the turn at 31. And unbeknownst to me, but there was uh, three camera crews following me on the back nine. And... Um, a couple of people from the PGA of America. So it was kind of cool that it was actually on film, uh, quite a few of the holes on the back. Uh, I was dropping putts from everywhere. That was a big part for me. I mean, I had a lot of four irons into par five. Or yeah. Par fours. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was one hole on number 16. It's a par four. And it was, it was a very windy day too. It was dead into the wind, 16, 17, 18. And 16, I absolutely hit the best drive I can. Nutted a three wood, and I'm still 30 yards short of the green on par four. <laughs> and uh, w- was lucky enough to get up and down there. And then on 17, I hit driver four iron to like 25 feet and make a make that putt for birdie. And then uh, I had a pretty good up and down on 18 to make another uh, birdie. And the owner, I didn't even really know. I wasn't even thinking about it. The owner comes up to me and, he, and, and Jimmy, and he goes, he goes, you just shot the course record. And uh, I was like, wow, that's cool. You know, I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome. I'm I'm pretty stoked to have that um, with Jose. Obviously, Jose Jose did. I mean, there's different circumstances, right? So yeah, obviously, Jose did it in the middle of a major championship. I have no doubt the rough was higher. I have no doubt the greens were firmer and faster. So that's a different animal for sure. Um, so I mean, I'd say he still has obviously the tournament, the competitive record. record got, yeah, right. Yeah, he's got the competitive course record yeah. for sure. I, I've got the 
I don't know what you want to call it, casual round, of course, or, or whatever it might be. But the cool part was is that because I was with Jimmy, we were allowed to play all the new tee boxes. So we played the tee boxes where there weren't even um, markers. And uh, so we played these, I think there's six or seven new tee boxes, and it goes out to stretch it out to 7,700 yards God. where we played. So yeah. it was cool to do that. So nobody has shot 63 from those markers, but it was, like I said, in a casual round and not a tournament. I mean, that's amazing. Now, what event are they playing the PGA there next year or the senior? What which event is got they got coming up? Yeah, I know that's the PGA. So, yeah, by finishing 15th at Oak Hill, I'm, I'm automatically into the 24th. Right. PGA. Yeah. So it's the Valhalla next year, which is pretty cool. I uh, I played in Valhalla PGA there in 2014. So it's going to be the first time I've played in uh, a, a tournament at the same course. Well, that'll be helpful. That was a question I was going to ask. So you had never played Oak Hills before the practice rounds earlier this year. Is that correct? Correct, yes. Okay. So, uh, I mean, you're probably – I don't know if you're tired of talking about the hole-in-one. Uh, that is probably one of the most insane scenes, not being on the ground there uh, on, on television – <laughs> I mean, it's it, it it will never be forgotten. You'll be like Kurt Gibson's home run with the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, I get the chills even thinking about it. And I mean, yeah, I've talked about it a lot, but at the same time, I mean, it's gonna be the best shot I ever hit in my life, hands down, for the rest of my life. So it's cool to have that, and it's cool to be able to do it under those circumstances. Obviously, with the crowd was unbelievable. They had given me, a, and and the funny story about it here, actually, Jerry, is that. The reason why I just kind of tipped my hat rather than freaking out and running all over the place um, was Rory goes and he misses the green. Right. And then I go and I stand up on the tee box and they give me a standing ovation. Oh, really? So okay. Crowd, yeah. yeah. So they, they gave me a standing ovation before he even hit. And then they sit down and they and, and then I hit and then it goes. I didn't see it go in. And all of a sudden they stand up again. So I just thought they were giving me another standing ovation because I hit it on the green. Um, and that's why I just tipped my hat and didn't really freak out at all. And then Rory comes up to me and he's the one that actually tells me first that it, that it went in the hole. Uh, and then I literally walked down the you know first 50 yards of the tee box asking every single person, did that really go in the hole? Cause I was so in awe. And so I'm like, there's no way I go. There's, and you heard me, I go, there's right. no, way no way in my, in my head. I'm going that I just made it in the hole. And I had no idea it flew in when they first started saying, I'm, I'm going, I guess it just probably hit in front, trickled up and went in the hole is what I was assuming. Um, and then I find out, you know, I go up and get to the hole and it literally blew out the front of the hole and just landed directly into it. Which yeah. I can't believe it even stayed. I mean, it could have easily hit the pin or the cup or anything and gone flying off the green and made a bogey or double bogey. Uh, but the way, the way that whole week was um, being paired with Rory on a Sunday, I mean, it was a story tale, <laughs> a fairy tale deal for me, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm just lucky to be the one that it happened to. And, you know, uh, it doesn't get mentioned as much, but we talked about it on the program here uh, when uh, right after the PGA. You, the up and downs you made at 17 and 18, still under massive pressure because you were right on that line to be in the top 15 uh, to to automatically qualify for next year, which I know you know it, it kind of dropped out of the uh, ability to win the tournament, uh, which you know when you teed it up on Sunday was certainly a possibility. But man, the up and downs uh, were just incredible. I mean, textbook, you know, a hundred percent out of a hundred, you had to hit the right spot, and you did. 
Yeah, thanks. You know, 17, I hit two poor drives, 17 and 18. You know, I think the pressure was starting to get to my hands where I tightened up a little bit uh-huh. through impact. And I blocked I blocked both of them in the right rough, which you're dead. And, um, yeah, so on 17, I had a horrible eye. My only option, thank goodness, was just to chunk it out, give myself a good yard from the middle of the fairway, and then try to get up and down, which is what I did. I, I tried to give myself 120, which is a perfect gap wedge for me, a nice full swing. And so I was about 119, I believe it was. And I hit a pretty darn good uh, gap wedge in there and it spun a little bit towards the hole. And then I made about, I'm guessing, about a nine-foot putt. Yeah. It kind of lifts in the left side. Kind of lifts into uh, the left side. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. And then <laughs> 18, kind of same thing. I block it right. I've got the squirrely little line. I'm trying to hit a punch five wood out of the rough. The heel catches. It goes dead straight into the middle of this massive crowd on the left side. And right. I'm just thinking when I'm walking. I'm, I'm walking up there going, I hope I didn't kill anybody. Like, that's more of a thought <laughs> than I had than anything. And uh, I get up there. The lie wasn't horrible. It was just into the grain, though. And it's way below my feet way uphill and i had a bunker between yeah myself and the green and the green and the pin was cut far left so it was like the last place i really wanted to be um and i was not trying to land it in the rough and have it trickle up 10 feet short that was not my play i was trying to <laughs> land it between the fringe and the pin right yeah yeah i was trying to land yeah. the fringe and the pin just to, just a little to the left and have like a 10 footer back left because you can't see it on on tv but there's a huge tier to the right of the pin. Um, so if I miss that to the right of the pin at all, it goes down a tier, and I would have had a tough time even two-putting from down there. So how it trickled out, when I saw the replay later that day of how it landed in the rough and trickled out, I couldn't believe it. And then you made the putt. Now, you had to have in the back of your mind like a number, like if, you know, this, I can't make bogeys here. And um, and you didn't. And it was such a testament. The whole, you know, it just – puts the whole round into perspective and and then you know the whole it, the rest of it kind of played out like tv like a reality show you know the golf channels there and you get the phone call from the, the the byron nelson or the colonial excuse me and i mean and you you handle it so well I, a lot of people were talking i know like scott van pelt was mentioning it like this guy's got a career in broadcasting if he wants it i mean uh <laughs> How many celebrity phone calls? I mean, what was the next week like before you actually played a Colonial? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I literally just got through. I still haven't gotten through all my texts. I think I still have about 100 more that I've got to try to find underneath <laughs> that are still there. And then I have, and I've literally just this week, I've, I'm finally back at home in my office here at the club, and I'm trying to get through the emails. I think I still have about 300 more emails I need to return at this point. But, I mean, I had over 10,000 emails, 10,000 texts, 10,000 DMs on Instagram. I mean, it was absolutely insane. Um, it took me three weeks to get back to Kelly Slater, the best surfer of all time. Wow. He me. Yeah. Um, it, took me a, it took me a day to get back to Michael Jordan. I mean, that, it's, it's insane. <laughs> um, you know, because I, I was so onslaughted with, with numbers and things. I, I couldn't see who's who. Um, you know, obviously, if I saw Michael Jordan text me, I would be texting him back within three <laughs> seconds normally. So, uh, yeah, that, it actually, I would have never seen it, uh, to tell you the truth, uh, until my Nike rep calls me while I'm standing on the putting green at Colonial and says, dude, did you see that Jordan text you? And I'm like, what? What? He goes, he, yeah, he said, he, yeah, he goes, he goes, he texted you yesterday. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. So my stomach just dropped. And um, I got on my phone and, and, and it took me half an hour to find him. And I finally found him and I, and I responded to him. 
just incredible stuff. I can't believe that you responded to my email out of all of these. Uh, I just reached out on a hope and a prayer. So I, I now I really feel privileged that you uh, you ascended to to carve out a little bit of time for us here on finding fairways. So uh, wow. No, yeah, no, it's my pleasure. I'm, I mean, I'm getting back to every single person, uh, whether it takes me three months or whatever. It's, I'm, I'm definitely getting back to every person. When we return here on Finding Fairways, we'll continue our discussion with Michael Block, talk a little bit about Colonial, and then the, uh, the U.S. Open qualifier with your son, which I think is a really interesting story as well, Mike. So with all that and more, when we return on Up North Sports Radio's Finding Fairways, brought to us by carlsgolfland.com. It's time to check in with our good friends at carlsgolfland.com. I've got Tim Coyle on the phone. Tim, uh, the looks like the Tour Championship qualifies as a uh, as a major now because you guys have free shipping. Yeah, I mean they're playing for they're playing for a bunch of money, so we might as well do something uh, fun with it. So we'll we'll run free shipping through the weekend this weekend just to kind of as they wrap the PGA you know season up uh, for everybody out there. It's a beautiful thing when you can do the free shipping to and from. Always, Carl's uh, allows you to ship returns for free, but uh, it just makes it a little bit better to stock up on balls and and things you need to finish out the golf season when it's all going to be shipped right to your door for free from Carl. Yeah, that's right. And it's probably something we don't touch on enough, actually, is the free returns aspect of the business, which I don't believe anybody in our space does. So if it's shoes, apparel... You know, some people are buying multiple sizes and sending them back because they're not familiar with the brand or how it fits or something like that. So free returns is always a nice uh, uh, benefit of that with shopping with us. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, I unfortunately some uh, it's not always perfect, and it, it's good to know that you can ship it back. You guys and Carl's will take care of it. Usually, you know, it's a half size off, or, or there's something a little wrong with it. But yeah, it's one of those things that uh, you don't have to worry about what you order yeah. if it's not great. And, and our returns team works works hard, and they're they're not. Uh, you know, we're not talking about. 30 days later, you're getting a, a refund or an exchange. No. We're talking about within a couple business days. So yeah. I think it's two to four business days is what we say now. So um, it's not it's not like uh, you're waiting for 30 days to get your money back or anything like that. So Yeah, and uh, the Titleist, the new Titleist irons rolled out today, right? Yeah, today, uh, as we sit here and record, it's, uh, they just rolled out the new T-Series irons from Titleist. We're very excited about the new line. Um, we talked, touched on it before, but... Anything from the T100, more tour caliber iron, all the way down to the 350s, which is, you know, kind of encompasses more handicaps. Um, It's a little more game improvement iron. Um, But, yeah, everything from, uh, you know, A to Z in terms of the type of player can play uh, one of the new T-Series irons. So that's going to be a major staple for us the next, uh, next, during coming into this season. I hate to beat a dead horse, but my T200s that I picked up two years ago, best thing that I ever did to my game since I turned 30. So, um, and that's 30 years ago plus. So I highly, highly recommend that you head to Carl's and get demoed on those clubs. You won't believe how much they'll straighten out stray iron shots. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, uh, T200 just launched too, Jerry. So maybe we'll see you out here this winter sometime. Mm, I'd rather get my new Stealth 3-wood. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Tim Coyle with Carl's Golfland. Thanks for joining us on Finding Fairways. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate it.
back to Finding Fairways on Up North Sports Radio, brought to us by carlsgolfland.com. Jerry Coyne, continuing our discussion with the PGA Professional Player of the Year for 2022. Uh, Mike, uh, explain that to me a little bit. I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, so uh, we accrue points as PGA professionals uh, throughout our section events and then uh, our national events. So like our national championship every year and then also the PGA championship. So uh, I was lucky enough in 2022 to finally break through and win my first uh, National uh, Player of the Year award, which is uh, finally celebrated here last week here at uh, Missionville Country Club. Yeah, I, I, when I saw it on Facebook, I, I wasn't sure if it was a misprint. <laughs> and then you explained it to me. It does take them a while to c- c- uh, compute all the points and everything else. So you won it for last year. Uh, did you, you qualified for the PGA last year, correct? Correct. Yeah, and you're the... the points leader for this year as well, so you could easily be the back-to-back winner. That would be two Rolex watches. That's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's not bad at all. I'll yeah. take it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got a nice lead. That that 15th place finish at the PGA Championship at Oak Hill is uh, definitely helping me a bit. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I, I, I do want to the touch on Colonial. So you accepted that invitational to Colonial, uh, but Pretty much your your juices had kind of hit the wall, especially on on the first day of on Thursday, correct? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, it probably I, I don't know what it was. It's, I think I had a lot of my brain, to tell you the truth. Um, <laughs> my, I was pretty fried, but at the same time, I really no excuses. I, I just didn't play good. I'm every little bounce, I I got every bounce and every putt I needed for four straight days at Oak Hill. Right, and then. I, it was pretty much the uh, antithesis uh, at Colonial on that Thursday where every single thing went wrong. And uh, and it was okay. I was expecting it. I, I was very happy that it happened on that Thursday at Colonial, not on Saturday or Sunday at Oak Hill. Sure. Uh, other than the shot that you hit from the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was insane. Yeah, that that was. was insane. Yeah. I, it was crazy. Yeah. That, I, I don't know how I pulled that one up. I, I thought I was going to hurt myself or hurt somebody else hitting that shot, man. It was crazy. Yeah, it was a gap wedge over a gigantic tree off a bridge. Yeah, that was uh, that was definitely the highlight of Thursday. But, you know, looking back on the ups and downs that we talked about uh, at Oak Hill and, and that kind of shot, is that like part of your game? Do you Are you a, a magnificent scrambler? How would you qu- uh, uh, quantify your game to uh, our listening audience? There's nothing fancy, I'll tell you that, but I'm a grinder, and I, I think I've learned how to score. And when I say that, it's just, you know, I, I, I pride myself on trying to get up and down from everywhere. So right. even if I hit a bad drive, I'm going to put myself up somewhere near the green, and then I feel if I'm just within 20 yards of the green, I've got a pretty good chance of getting up and down if, it's, if I didn't short-side myself too badly. Um, and <clears throat> I've worked hard at that. My, I really enjoy short, like practicing short game. I can literally just take a basket of balls by a short game area and just lose, lose myself back there for a couple hours. No problem. Well, that's pretty much the hallmark of all great professionals, right? So, you know, uh, not everybody hits all the fairways, but pros really get it up and down from anywhere. We were talking off air about J.R. Roth. It's another thing that he does, you know, guys that just, I'm not going to make bogey here. And that I believe separates uh, you know great players from great ball strikers who don't really have that kind of Gumption, you know, we, we've seen it with um, Victor Hovland, who had a real bad problem uh, scrambling. But man, is he focused in on that and, and changed that around? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I've always, you know, my recommendation to the average golfers, professional golfer, tour pro, PJ pro, whatever it is, 
every year grade yourself, just like in school. Grade grade every aspect of your game. And then that goes down to wedges, bunkers, chipping, pitching, putting, long putts, short putts, mid putts, uh, and then all the way to short irons, mid irons, long irons, hybrids, fairy woods, and then drivers. And those are all different. And then you even grade yourself on scoring ability and golf course management and how you think about it. And uh, when you when you do that and you find the negatives, because it's what everyone practices constantly is what they're good at. For some reason, people think they need to be a stripe show on the driving range, when in reality, they need to be out there grinding on whatever they're having an, an F or a D or a C in. Because right. as you know, in school, you might have all Bs, but if you have one F, your grade point average absolutely gets annihilated. And it's the exact same way in golf where you might be a B on everything, but if you're chipping or you're putting or your irons or your driver are an F, that brings down everything else because it puts pressure on everything else, all the other aspects. And so you're going to have a, a tough time scoring. Um, so you don't have to be an A on anything, but you just can't have too many and or any Ds or Fs. It's just like school and the way I look at it. And I constantly grade myself. I constantly grade my students and my, my kids. Um, and I find that to be very, very helpful to then go out and practice what you're not good at. So I know you're still teaching a lot of people, and uh, we talked off air. Talk about your two sons who are fantastic golfers themselves. Are, are, did you teach them the whole time, or did you introduce them to the game and maybe hand them off to somebody else? You know, I've tried to hand, I've tried to hand them off a lot, and they never want to. So uh, <laughs> they always like coming back to Dad. Um, we get along really well. We have a great relationship. Uh, I've never given them a, what I would call, per se, a lesson ever. I'm always just like, hey, buddy, how's it going? Um, is there anything you want me to look at? That's what. That's all I ever say. Uh-huh. Is there anything you want me to take a look at? Now, if they chirp up and they're like, yeah, Dad, my chipping or my driving or whatever is kind of struggling right now, I'm like, okay, cool, let's take a look. And so we just kind of throw it on video, throw it on the track, man, see what the issue is, and I'll, I'll give them one or two things to work on and then send them on their way. And so your one son is going to be a pro or, or start trying to be a professional. His name is what, Michael? Yeah, that's Dylan. He's my 18-year-old. He just okay. graduated from high school. And he's a Dylan uh, made it to regionals for the U.S. Open qualifying at the same uh, venue that you did, right? Yeah, so we both got through the local, um, and then we were going to sectionals or finals or whatever you want to call it, which is the final stage to get to the U.S. Open. And this year, the U.S. Open is at LACC, as everyone knows, right. which is uh, only 45 minutes away from where I'm sitting right now. So I was extremely excited about that. But then the uh, people at the RBC Canadian Open – give me an exemption and and that's the same week as the qualifier so they sent me up to canada for the qualifier and dylan stayed here and went to the qualifier in la uh, so the cool part was um we were still qualifying on the same exact day trying to get in the open and i was hoping to meet him there he struggled which you know i kind of liked it because we weren't taking a spot away from each other just in case we played well um <laughs> but uh he struggled yeah so so he because i thought it'd be really cool you know if we could both somehow make it in but um he struggled a little bit he shot 80 and then at 71 but it was his first time in that scenario and he told me that uh, he was pretty nervous as you could tell with that first uh, 18 hole score sure, and then um sure. then i shot 69 66 up in canada at but uh and missed by two which i was a little bummed out i shot a 38 my first nine holes which put me behind the eight ball but it was all good i had a good time and i still got to go up to lacc and watch watch my friends play <laughs> yeah it, it, and it showed so well uh on uh, on television mike one last question for you i know i gotta let you go the way you've been playing, and I know you're 47 now, you got any aspirations about Champions Tour? I think my wife's going to make me go no matter what, <laughs> so I don't know if I have an option. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know what? 
I'm going to go to Q school for sure. There's no doubt about it. I'll do that when I do turn 50. I'm already in the uh, senior PGA the year I turn 50. Right. And, um, and so I'm in that. I've got a couple of good opportunities when I do turn 50 in, uh, what, two and a half years? Right. And, uh, if, if, and if I happen to qualify, I happen to qualify. And if I do, I'd, I'd, be, I'd love to get out there and uh, mingle with, with them and, I'll no longer be the short hitter anymore. Hey, you're driving it pretty damn good as far as I can tell, but, you know, I'm 64, so what the hell do I know? Michael Block, again, thank you so much for taking the time out to visit us here on Finding Fairways. Congratulations on all your success and continued success. We'll look for you at Valhalla. You shoot another 63, uh, you're going to be in the front pages of all the uh, newspapers again. Uh, That's our goal, my friend. Michael Block, thank you. We'll be back after these words from our fine partners on Up North Sports Radio's Finding Fairways, brought to us by Carl Zolf, golfland.com. Back to Finding Fairways here on Up North Sports Radio, brought to us by carlsgolfland.com. Jerry Coyne is on the phone with J.R. Roth, who, among other things, is a, a teaching professional for Boyne Golf, the Boyne Golf Academy, uh, still plays a lot of golf, and, and J.R., turn back the hands of time a little bit this past week. I did. I, I played with all 14 clubs uh, in this event because I've been playing – without a putter for most of the season, so it was nice <laughs> to find it. Uh, it can desert you sometime. Let's uh, you just talk to uh, Rory's putter goes hot and cold, and, and, and uh, essentially it makes or breaks your round, and uh, it's good at when you find it at the right time. Yes, been laboring over uh, putts all year and kind of found something the night before the tournament started up, up at the Highlands there practicing, and I was going to go down and play a little practice round on Sunday afternoon, decided to uh, drive down early Monday morning and start my tournament just because I was having so much fun on the putting green uh, Sunday evening. Do you, what was it? What did you find? Well, it was just more of a set-up feel that right. allowed me to get the ball started online and I and, uh, made a little change in my grip, a little change in my hand position, got my hands arched up a little bit so that I could move the putter more with my shoulders right. versus it really helped find the uh, base control I needed. Plus, it really allowed me to hone in on my speed a little bit. So it's, it's something that's been going on for several years now. Part of it has to do with uh, I'm playing with prescription sunglasses, which allows me to revisit the clarity that I used to putt with eyesight-wise. And, and so that's been a little bit of an adjustment this year. And unfortunately, the the clarity that I kind of recaptured gets a little distorted with the distortion that you have when you're wearing glasses. So it's been kind of a give and take situation with my putting for the most part. It hasn't been very good this year, but uh, it was definitely much better uh, this this past week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So I'm I'm thankful for that because I continue to hit a lot of greens. I hit 41 out of 54 greens, and when you give yourself that many chances to make birdies. Uh, you've got to do better than one or two around. So I was able to accomplish that. And uh, I, I did a nice job putting for pars. I made most of my par putts that were kind of outside the friend zone. The, that's what's been holding back Scotty Scheffler. I mean, Scheffler has been a, you know, a, a ball-hitting Jesse all year long. And face it, he's had a great year anyways. But he should have won five or six more times. You know, putts have got to go in to win, don't they? Yeah, you know, most people think that, Putting is 
the most important stroke in golf. And, and I think when you get to a certain level from tee to green, that's the case. But statistically, numbers-wise only, uh, you know, your driver is the most important club in your bag, and then your approach shot's the most and second most important shot in your bag. Uh, and the putting kind of gets lost in a sense. But, you know, when you're playing good golf, you are typically playing well from tee to green, whatever level that is at. And then it's your putting that kind of takes you to that next level, so to speak. And, uh, you know, I've consistently been hitting 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 greens around and shooting par. And, and I should be shooting better than that. Right. So to be able to uh, maintain that level of play from tee to green and then make a few putts and, and make some improvements that way, uh, the scores that I shot this week, 68, 69, 69, that, that should be the norm. And uh, it, it felt great to do that. Hopefully that's something that I can build on that. Uh, JR, uh, how old are you now? Uh, I will be 66 in two weeks. Yeah, I thought you and I were just about the same age. And I don't know, uh, who is, do you know off the top of your head who the oldest winner of the Michigan PGA might be all uh, of all time? Oh, uh, I do not. Okay, no, I don't know uh, it either. I thought you might. Oh, and, uh, you know, I, I won it uh, three, four years ago when I was 61 about to shoot, about to turn 62. I don't. I don't believe that's the record, but I think in my lifetime uh, of playing, that that might be pretty close to the oldest, if not the oldest. But I'm sure, you know, somewhere in the fifties or sixties, there was some maybe older guy that won. Uh, be a good statistic to look for. Yeah. Well, ha- have you shot your age yet? I finally did it this summer up at the moor, and I did it. <laughs> I did it uh, twice in two weeks. I did it. Uh, I shot 64, and I shot, then I shot 63 with the guys on Saturday morning, and uh, that won me a that won me a few uh, Washingtons. <laughs> That's didn't, didn't, didn't make didn't make them very happy, but you know I I, I played with the guys on Saturday morning uh, up at the moor, and I, I shot 63 in a quota game. Wow! And uh, you made and, some bucks. And, yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it turned a few heads. It was a lot of fun. Well, I, I mean, as good a player as you've been, you know, <laughs> that's what I, I just popped into my head. I go, I bet you he's probably shot his age, the son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was, uh, when I was 64, uh, or no, when I was 63, I was playing uh, in New Mexico in, in a money game, and uh, and it was a much harder golf course, longer golf course. And I and I shot 64 in that game, and I misbeat my age by by one shot. And I didn't think that much of it at the time, but you know when I when I turned 65, I actually started thinking about beating my age. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I'm glad I got that out of the way. Obviously, it'll be easier to do that now as I get older. But uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's 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 kind of interesting. There's there's uh, Jim Briegel, I think, in that Harbor or Grand Rapids, and he's in his late nineties, and he still shoots in the seventies. Well, I I saw 
I saw Joanne Carter. I was it. I think it was Joanne Carter. Big Mom out. She was playing in the yeah. se- senior uh, uh, PGA ladies, and she's ninety two and shot eighty five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was just yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I'm that like, was in the, the U.S. Open. I'm gonna have to live to be uh, ninety seven before I shoot my age. I don't know if that's gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah, and, 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 the, and the struggle is, you know, as you get older, it might be easier, but you got to stay healthy. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I saw your dad. You had posts on Facebook. Your dad's still whacking it around. He's got to be in his 90s. He is. He's 92. Yeah, I saw that swing. Still looks pretty good. Hey, uh, JR, <laughs> very briefly, what you played at Flint Golf Club that had to help a little bit. Uh, and you probably still played well enough to win on the last round, but, you know, 66 is hard to beat. Yeah, Kyle played a, a great round of golf, and, uh, you know, kudos to him. Uh, you know, it's one thing to win the event once, uh, but, you know, to do it a second time, and especially back-to-back, I'm sure he was battling some some uh, some, some Pressure, feelings inside yeah. about doing that. So he, he really, uh, really kept his head looking straight away and... Uh, got through some tough moments on 12 and 13 where he could have given back some strokes and he didn't and uh, my hat's off to him for a well-played event yeah no i mean you can you can swallow it Uh, it's probably a little bit easier to know that you played well but somebody just outplayed you yep for sure yeah for sure jr thanks for taking the time out uh and, and joining us on finding fairways we'll catch up with you once more before the season is over how do people get a hold of you to spruce up their game, especially the old geezers like us? Well, we use the uh, use schedule platform to schedule lessons online. Uh, you just go on use schedule, look for the Boeing Golf Academy, and look for myself as a golf instructor, and um, I'll be available all through the end of September. J.R. Roth, Boeing Golf Academy teaching pro, and uh, how many – Times champion in the state of Michigan? 17 majors, and uh, that would have been number 18. That would have broke the tie. That would have broke the tie. <laughs> Scotty is probably keeping his fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both do that each time we play. Yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. Thanks, JR. You got it, Jerry. Thank you. We'll be back after these words from our fine partners on Up North Sports Radio's Finding Fairways, brought to us by carlsgolfland.com. Back to Finding Fairways here on Up North Sports Radio, brought to us by carlsgolfland.com. I'm on the phone with my good friend JT Oud, the head golf professional at Gaylord Golf Club. JT, I wanted to check in with you. I know it's been a super busy season, and we're heading into our favorite season of the year, fall golf. How's things at Gaylord Golf Club? Everything out here is great. We've got actually the tee right now today is fall, and I've got them lined up waiting to tee off. The, uh, we've had a lot of rain, so uh, <laughs> I'm willing to bet that the rough is a little penal out at the club to, right now. It is not too bad. The ball's been out there. The crew's been out. They've actually got the rough mode, even with all the rain and wet that wow. we had this week. It's in outstanding shape. Well, the, the course drains so well, and the, you know, 
it's sometimes very surprising. We'll have a few days of rain, and I'll think the greens will have slowed down. But then I'm blowing putt seven, eight feet past. Exactly. I mean, these greens, even after it rains that much, they're going to hold a little better, but they're going to hold that speed. And and now they're going to start drying out, and they're just going to speed right up again, which is great, which is the way greens are supposed to roll. Um, We're heading uh, past Labor Day. You adjust your rates. Tell our listeners what a bargain. I mean, Gaylord Golf Club's a bargain any way you slice it, but it really gets to be uh, just a must-play in the fall. Oh, it is. So starting after Labor Day, Monday through Thursday, after 5 o'clock, you can come out play nine holes with a cart for $25 per person, Yeah, that's which is nuts. in the evening, come out, play nine with the kids, or after work, you can still have enough daylight to get that in. And then Monday through Thursday after 2 uh, o'clock, yeah. it is a great deal. It's 45 for 18 And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Two o'clock, two o'clock and later for eighteen holes with a card is fifty-one a person. Yeah, that's still a fantastic deal. If you haven't played Gaylord Golf Club, it's no joke. Uh, private country club conditions open to the public every day. It's just amazing. And if you want to come out and play, make sure you call and make tee times. The tee sheet is already filling up for September. I was going to say, you know, JT, I've been a member now for ten years, and uh, the one thing I it used to bemoan. It used to be great. I could come out on a Sunday at two o'clock in the afternoon, hit a few balls, and leisurely play. And everybody is caught on to Gaylord Golf Club. It's not that simple just to walk up and play golf anymore. No, if you know you're going to be coming out to play or want to play, the sooner you call, the better chance you're going to have to get a tee time, so that we can get you out there fairly close to when you want to go. I mean, and we try to get everybody out there. But if you wait too long, we just can't We can't get you out there if the golf course is totally full. And it's more and more often. You know, it's funny. Um, you're getting a lot more n- new business, right? Uh, every time I'm out there, there's a, you know, a group of guys or a group of gals that have never played before. And tell our list, the feedback is really crazy on how much they love the golf course. It's, it's phenomenal. I talk to people every day. I'm at the counter checking people in every day, and it's like, hey, have you played here before? And probably 30% of the people coming through each day have not played here. Right. And they go, well, what are we, what are we going to expect? I tell them what, they're going to have these great greens, fairways are in great shape, keep the ball below the hole so you're not three-putting on it. They come in and get done, and they go, that was just absolutely fabulous. They go, and every one of them says, we're coming back next year. And, and they are. And yeah. we're, we're seeing it every year, just the increase in play, because word has finally gotten out. We're the hidden gem of northern Michigan. I, I, we use that, we bandy that term around so much, and I, like I said, I'm upset about it now. <laughs> but you're not the only one. I'm hearing it from the other members. They're like, we're not telling anybody anymore. We're done. <laughs> this is the last time I ever have you on the radio. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I would be remiss uh, not briefly mentioning our good friend Bill Koenig winning the Auto Cup. Oh, he did a great job. Him and his son won it on um, at the end of July, and it's just a great story. I mean, his son really took up golf about three years ago yep. and got serious about it and went out, and his son made the winning putt, which was even better. <clears throat> well, Bill had stopped playing golf. You know, he was my mm-hmm. neighbor, and I, we used to work out all the time. He's my dentist. And he's like, yeah, you know, I used to be okay, but I, I like to hunt now. 
and, and then his son got into golf, revitalized Bill's love of the game, and Bill is playing at a, an extremely high level now. Oh, he's playing a single digit right now, low single digit, yeah. and playing all the time here, playing all the time over by Traverse City. And just, I mean, you see him out here, and it's and it's great. And it's in, it's one of those sports where he's going out playing with his kid and having a great time, and it's good family time to be able to play together and spend that quality time on the golf course together. And especially, if you don't know, at Gaylor Golf Club, if you have a Verizon phone, it doesn't work out here. So guess what? There's no phone calls, no interruptions while you're out there. So it's actually back to the way golf was supposed to be. Step away from the office and just have a great time. Yeah, you know, I just I'm going to give Bill a call and tell him make sure you listen to the program because we we gave you a little bit of a pat on the back. But I just thought it was a cool story, uh, a father and son duo. You probably haven't had too many winners of the Auto Cup be father and son. No, we've had a few, and those are the guys that they just remember it, and it's because it's a great three days of golf, and they have so much fun doing it all together and spending that quality time. Yeah, no doubt about it. The, uh, and one other thing I wanted to mention, uh, you briefly mentioned Paul, your, uh, the, the greenskeeper, who is stepping down after this year. Uh, he's going to be missed. He is a fantastic asset of Gaylord Golf Club. Oh, he is. He, this is his 38th summer as the head superintendent here at the golf course, which is phenomenal. And he's done a great job. I mean, he came in. It was single-row irrigation from tee to green. And he added all the rough irrigation, uh, redid holes for us, put trees in. I mean, it's just been absolutely fabulous. And we've been lucky enough, our new superintendent is Ryan Holmes, which yeah. is Paul Holmes' son. So that is going to be phenomenal. So that way, if Ryan has any questions, he knows right where to go, and it's going to be easy for him to get a hold of him and say, okay, where's this at that I'm looking for? And Paul's going to be able to say, okay, you need to go look by this tree or this stump or this this part of the hole, and he'll be able to find all the, that stuff out on the golf course rather than having to go hunt for it and uh, take a lot of time. No, when I heard that, it was Paul's son, Ryan. I'm like, because I was a little worried. I know a lot of the members were worried, like, where are we going to get somebody as good as Paul? The apple hasn't fallen far from the tree, so a Gaylord Golf Club is going to be in perfect hands. It's going to be in great hands. It's a relief to me because that is our – I mean, that's what brings everybody that's here is that golf course out there. It makes my job easy. Yeah. It's easy to fill a golf course that's in phenomenal shape. Yeah, and that is the hallmark of Gaylord Golf Club. JT, briefly, what's the website so people can take advantage of these great fall rates? So go to GaylordGolfClub.com, and the phone number is 231 231- Five four six three three seven six. Remember, make those tee times early so you can get in there about the time that you want to go. JT out. Thanks for joining us on Finding Fairways and doing such a phenomenal job with one of the great golf courses that people are finally finding out about. Thanks, Jerry. We'll be back after these words from our fine partners on Up North Sports Radio's Finding Fairways, brought to us by CarlsGolfland.com. It's time to check in with our friends at Boyne Golf. Jerry Coyne is on the phone with Ken Griffin. Ken, you know, we talk about all the wonderful things about Boyne Golf. Sometime your staff is on with us. Uh, J.R. Roth really showed proudly for Boyne uh, in the uh, Michigan PGA this week. Yeah, he does. I mean, J.R. always does, whether he's representing us at a tournament. Um, you know, he's been an outstanding player for years and once again proved that. Or whether he's teaching a lesson. He just does a great job. He's just a great guy uh, individually and on the course. 
Yeah, I remember when I was at the um, the drive, chip, and putt event, and Jr. was at the other end of the range with uh, one of your kids' uh, group lessons, and I was talking to some of the kids, and they just loved Jr. Oh, he gets along with everybody. And I mean, think of how long uh, Jr. has played competitive golf. You know, he's fortunate this week. He was back at a in Flint where he served as a head professional down there for years. So yeah. he had advantage that he knew the course well, and it, it wasn't an extremely long course. But he tied for first after day one with all these great Michigan golf professionals. Or had been first day one. He tied at day two, and if it ended for Kyle Martin shooting a lights out seven under, I mean, J.R., was three under on the final day to still beat the best stroke of the field by two strokes. Yeah, it just kudos to J.R. You're a great guy, great player. Um it's not here yet, but Labor Day's around the corner, and we're heading into our fall season. You're, you and I will finally get a chance to play golf together. Yeah, I, I, looking forward to that, Jay, for sure. And, uh, you know, we have a Labor Day special coming up um, on all 10 courses. That's going to be coming out um, early next week. So everybody can check their emails and check the social medias um, to see what that is. But, um, yeah, we're uh, looking forward to a great weekend. It's been a great summer. Uh, the forecast for the next 10 days is great. Um, so... It's time to play golf. It's time to play golf. As your note said, uh, you know, days are getting a little shorter. Can't get in uh, 70 or uh, 56 anymore, but you still easily get 36 in, especially playing the the great collection at BoeingGolf.com. Yeah, they're also handy and easy to get around no matter which one of the three properties you stay at. You know, you can play at any of the 10 courses. And those courses, for the most part, are going to be open, all of them, through early October. Um, and then we'll start shutting them down. But we have courses open through October 22nd, so there's still plenty of time to play a lot of great golf at points. Damn straight, Ken. We'll see you out on the fairways. Look forward to it, Gary.